Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Tim with Tim. Happy Wednesday to you. Um, gosh, I've been on vacation for two weeks on the beach. Don't think I didn't miss you because I promise you I missed you. Uh, gosh, you don't do something like this every single day of your life and then stop doing it even for a break and not miss it. I really do. I, I miss uh, being in the Word of God with you. I just really miss this time together uh, and I've been looking forward to coming back. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the beach. Uh, if I could put all these things together, if I could just sort of live in the sand, by the ocean, with you, in the Word, uh, every day, wouldn't that be perfect? But uh, it's not a perfect world, not yet anyway. But uh, anyway, Isaiah chapter 49 is where we are today. Uh, two weeks is a long time to just stop and pick back up in the middle of the book of Isaiah, but that's what we're doing. Remember that from chapter 40 on, we're in the, the book of comfort now. Isaiah kind of breaks down into two divisions, the book of judgment, which was that hard first 39 chapters, and then now the book of comfort. We've really just changed the channel in the book of Isaiah, and it really is uh, something beautiful. Uh, I, I jumped right in. How, how are you? Are, are you good? Uh, gosh, I hope you are. I love you so much. Uh, Edie Austin, you were every single day. Edie goes back into the archives of Tim with Tim and just keeps on. Uh, and uh, I just love that so much. She's not the only one. And I appreciate those of you who found a way to uh, stay in the Word with me, even as I was taking a break. Uh, let's jump in. Isaiah chapter 49 is where we are. Gosh, do I need to say it? I, I love this chapter. I, I love it just as a as a pastor. Now, you don't have to be a pastor to enjoy chapter 49 uh, at all. Uh, and, and let's just talk about that. First off, uh, the servant. You know, we're back to a, this isn't necessarily one of those servant chapters, servant psalms. But again, Isaiah talks about the servant here, which always raises the question, who's the servant? You know, who is the servant? Now, in many instances, especially in the book of Isaiah, the servant is, is very definitely uh, foreshadowing Jesus. It's pointing forward to the Messiah, to Jesus the Christ. And I think you can read parts of Isaiah chapter 49, you know, looking toward Jesus, that whole idea of, I will make you a light to the Gentiles or bring my salvation. You will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Who is that but Jesus, you know? Um, but then there are moments where it really does sound like the, the, the nation Israel. And I remind you that uh, Jews to this day read Isaiah as Holy Scripture, but they don't see Jesus in it because if they did, they'd be Christians and not Jews, right? Um, uh, but, you know, places like in verse 3 where it says, He said to me, you are my servant, Israel. You know, you will bring me glory. Well, you know, Israel, I mean, you can't argue with that. It's Israel, but then in the very next verse, you know, verse four, but I replied, my work seems so useless. I spent my strength for nothing and to no purpose, yet I will leave it all in the Lord's hand. I love that verse. But obviously there, uh, the prophet Isaiah is applying the words to himself. So is it Isaiah himself? Is it uh, the, the Messiah? Is it the nation Israel? You know, uh, and I would say, yes. You know, yes, I really think that this is another one of those passages that sort of operates, and I think it's intended to operate on multiple levels. Uh, it can be applied to Isaiah himself. It can be applied to the nation Israel. It can be applied to Jesus, the Messiah. And also, I think it can be applied to anybody who serves the Lord. And that's why I read this and think, oh my goodness, this applies to me. And uh, I think it applies to you as well, if you love him and if you serve him. 
I mean, can you not just read verse 1 and think, man, that applies to me. The Lord called me before my birth. From within the womb, he called me by name. You don't know that that is true for you? I mean, you don't. if you don't know, I'm telling you, you know, that, that's you. That's true for you. You know, while you were still being formed in your mother's womb, he knew your name. He knew your future. And this is the beautiful part of what Isaiah is saying here, that God you know, ordained your future even before you had a past. Letting that sink in? He gave you your future before you even had a past because you weren't even born yet, you know? Now, the first, I think, important principle here for Isaiah is the simple fact that God's plan is eternal. God's plan comes before Anything that we can say about you or anything that you can say about the world or anything happening in the world, God's plan came first. So God's initiative and God's purpose come before everything else. That, that just means that God had that in place before anything else happened. So nothing's going to happen to cancel or erase it. And the same thing is true in your life. God's purpose and God's initiative for you comes first. God gave you your future before you had a past, which simply means nothing you do in the past, you know, or the present for that matter, nothing you can do can cancel or erase his plan and purpose for your life. You got that? Uh, again, I know some of us really struggle with our past. I mean, you think, my goodness, I have blown every opportunity I've ever had. You know, I have messed up so bad. I have ruined my reputation. I have destroyed my body. I have lost all, you know, sense of purpose and future. You know, I'm stuck. No, you're not. You know, Again, God gave you your future before you ever had a past, so your past, even now, cannot possibly cancel his future for you. Understand? He comes first. His plan came first, and so anything that happens can't possibly ruin it you know, or thwart it. You understand? Because he already factored all that in. You know? Yes, I am stupid. You know, and I do stupid things. I mean, I, I'm just, you know, I'm a doofus every day of my life, but God has already factored all of that in. God factored in my stupidity. God factored in my rebellion. God factored in my mistakes, my stubbornness. God factored all of that in. His future, understand, is not going to be thwarted for me. It doesn't matter how much you've messed up. It doesn't matter how long you've lived. You understand? Are you hearing me? Um, he made my words of judgment sharp as a sword. He made my words sharp as a sword, uh, the Hebrew says there. Gosh, as a pastor, and I can only speak right now to pastors, but that convicts me because um, he makes my words sharp is what Isaiah says. And I just, you know, I think about how many, how many dull sermons I preach, you know. If God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword, right? And I've got out there and I preach a turkey. You know, I preach a dull sermon, an unsharp sermon. That just simply means, oh my goodness, was I even preaching God's word? You know, um, it's kind of insane the way we as pastors, we as preachers of the word can manage to preach the life right out of it. You know, preach the sharpness right out of it. I mean, he makes my words sharp, but man, if I come out there with a dull word, that just means I have not gotten that word from him. You know, God doesn't give a dull word. You know what I'm saying? Um, he said to me, you are my servant uh, and you will bring me glory. I'm going to bring him glory. You know, like I said, I'm a doofus. You know, I, I mean, you know, 
my goodness, you know, there's so much about me that is inglorious, you know, but at the very same time, he is glorious. He is glorious. He can't not be glorious. So if I'm going to reveal God to people, the only way to reveal him is as glorious. So if I truly reveal the Lord, understand, I'm going to bring him glory. Because he is glorious. Understand what I'm saying? In other words, it's not like, well, I'm going to make him look good. (laughs) I'm not going to make him look good. He is good. I'm just going to get out of the way and show you how good he is. You know, I don't bring him glory like I add something to his, you know, you know, majesty or magnificence. Like I add something to that because I got smooth words or because I read an extra book. I don't add anything to his majesty. I don't add anything to his glory. I bring him glory because he's glorious. He's already glorious. I just try to disappear into his glory. Does that make sense? We bring him glory, not because we got something to add to him, but just because that's what he is. If we do this right, he can't not be glorious. We just get out of the way, you know, and let his glory shine through. For all of that, though, verse 4, I relate to this too. Um, But my work seems so useless. Like, you know, after all that we just said that's true, why is it so discouraging to serve the Lord? Do you know what I'm saying? Have you ever felt that? Because I don't think I'm the only one, you know? Why is it just so discouraging? My work seems so useless. I've spent my strength for nothing. I got no purpose. You know, man, I I felt that. I I don't know a pastor who doesn't feel that. You know, I mean, uh, gosh, we get, I mean, I get a lot of kind words. I I know, but at the same time, you know, um, oftentimes being a pastor is kind of like being a, you know, Sunday school teacher of a third grade class, you know, of not very well-behaved kids, you know. Uh, Oh my goodness, you know, just sometimes the way church people treat other church, I'm not talking about how they treat me, it's the way they treat each other. You know, when church members can't get along or they can't forgive, you know, or they don't seem to understand the basic Christian life of the gospel, you know. And I think, man, I'm preaching this every Sunday, every day, you know. I preach forgiveness and forgiveness and forgiveness, and I'm still looking at hard-headed people that won't forgive, you know. Or we talk about, you know, sharing the gospel with our neighbors, and you still got you know, church people, Sunday after Sunday, too lazy to scratch. You know, they, they won't open their mouth and say the name of Jesus anywhere they go, you know. And yes, yeah, discouraging, you know, just preaching the word and, and trying to, you know, bring God glory. And, and somehow they still seem blind to his glory. It's discouraging. But I love verse four, yet I will leave it all in the Lord's hand. I will trust God for my reward. You know, it's just a reminder to me that God didn't call me to be successful. I'm just supposed to be obedient, you know. Didn't call me to be successful, just faithful. Just keep on bringing the word. Just keep on preaching what he gives me to preach. And whether they listen or don't listen, you know, I, I, I can't control that. The only thing I control is whether or not the word gets preached. And and God's given me that job. And so that's 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 the purpose that he's given me. 
Um, I will leave it all in the Lord's hand. I will trust God for my reward. I love that so much. I love that so much. Yeah, I only got I only got through four verses of 26. So that's why you got to read the Bible for yourself. You just really, really do. Uh, I love chapter 49. Spend some extra time in it today and let the word of God speak to you. Listen, I know I just got off vacation, so let's hit the ground running, y'all. For tomorrow, let's do chapters 50 and 51 together, okay? So tomorrow, Isaiah 50 and 51. Two chapters, 50 and 51 for tomorrow. It's good to be back, right? I love you guys so much. Have a good Wednesday, and I'll see you in the morning, 10 o'clock. We're willing for Tim with Tim. I love you guys.